morning and welcome to the next episode of our On Air at Atapet podcast series recorded live from the Wood stand. Um, I'm joined today by Khalid Badawi, Director of Engineering for the Middle East at Wood and Ken Eid, Head of Decarbonisation and Project Delivery in the Middle East for Wood. Thank you for joining me both. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, so today for this episode, we're delving into the world of project delivery, um, the fast-paced energy sector and uncovering the strategies, insights and real-world examples that are accelerating project timelines to keep up with the ever-changing landscape. We hear a lot about the importance of collaboration. In fact, the theme of ADAPEC this year is decarbonizing so faster together. Ken, can you share how collaboration can positively enhance project delivery efficiency? Well, we're out talking to customers and customers want to do things a lot faster than has traditionally been possible. Um, and to do that, we need to do jobs differently. We need to create new pathways to, to deliver jobs. Um, that means in some cases doing jobs where there's some recycle because you're taking risk and you're not doing things in series, one after the other after the other. So, so um, we need to work with our customers um, and with our suppliers and amongst ourselves to make sure that we're prepared to do things innovatively out of the box um, and differently in order to, to achieve what's required. Uh, we, we, if we keep going, we're not going to have um, meet our carbon targets. Everybody's aware of the pace, but we need to make changes. We actually need to do something in order to deliver that pace. Khalid, anything to add? Um, yeah, just uh, a little bit about the market data around this. So looking back at major projects, major projects being over a billion dollars in uh, total installed cost over the last five years, what we're seeing is over 60% of those have uh, missed their schedule and uh, about 40% of those have also had a cost overrun. Uh, I agree with Ken that stakeholder collaboration is, is very important and uh, it often gets overlooked for things like technology, innovation, automation and uh, innovative construction methodologies. Uh, but having the right regulatory processes in place, having efficient management practices and good stakeholder collaboration are just as important. And you spoke, Ken, about doing things slightly differently, you know, historically with project delivery, we've done everything in order. Um, and you sort of touched on it there, looking at maybe doing it differently and running things in tandem. Can you share some of what we're doing at Wood to kind of change the way that we deliver those projects in order to kind of kind of get ahead of the curve and really kind of push that envelope. Yeah, uh, um, for example, in the safety, technical safety arena, you typically finish your technical safety studies before you then go and do the structural design and those sorts of things. So you, you, can, you can take opportunities by just saying, okay, our engineers know what they're doing. They have an instinctive gut feel. Let them go ahead and do the structural design. We'll run the safety studies in parallel. And if, it, if the results of the safety studies turn out to be different to what we're expecting, then we've got some recycle. If not, it confirms that what our engineers have done has been a good and we've now saved ourselves two months out of a schedule rather than waiting for the two months. So it, it, it takes, a, takes courage, it takes a commitment. It, the culture in um, this region of the world tends to be um, risk adverse. So that they want absolute certainty in things. So doing work this way actually is a stretch. Um, and, that, and that's where the collaboration comes in. The collaboration requires trust. You need to build trust in your engineering contractor. You need to then understand that you will get to the end point. Uh, um, I think we've had a customer just recently where um, we've, we've bet their previous best um, 
um, benchmarks for that phase of the work by 25%. So that tickled pink. So, so now that trust is built and so they're prepared to give us more work to continue that, that collaborative arrangement. And the person that was the, the contract manager from their side is now a hero within their company yeah. for actually taking something to a different place. Well, may it spread. May, may other people actually see that methodology as something that's really beneficial mm. to, yeah. to, this, to the outcomes. Yeah, and I guess it's that example, isn't it, of showing our clients that we have successfully done that before and the benefits that it's going to bring for them, you know, so it's kind of, you know, we're able to show those proof points in order to yeah. kind of move that forward. It, it, indeed, and, and um, nothing's certain. And one of the things about this is that you will make some mistakes and you will get some recycles. So let's not take the one individual thing as a problem. Let's look at the overall result. So that's, that's what's yeah. important here. And I think... You know, Khalid, you're kind of in the detail of it all. You know, we are going to make mistakes. We do need to be quicker. We do need to be faster. And by the nature of that, the pace is going to have to be quicker. And maybe we're not going to be, as you say, Ken, ready to kind of move forward. But sometimes you just need to take that leap of faith to mm. be able to kind of get to that end place quicker. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I mean, that's, that was a great example. Uh, the project Ken was talking about was... Yeah extremely optimistic in terms of schedule, and it required a, a robust interface management uh, set in place at the start. So working together with the customer like that, uh, it, it created an environment of that trust and openness where we got to uh, get information in the quickest possible way and adjust ourselves to problems as they, as they arose. Um, another example you ask in a, about Amy uh, of, of things not done in phase, External to wood, uh, Shell had a floating LNG facility, uh, Prelude, that they, they installed off the coast of Australia. And instead of the regular design and build, uh, they had an integrated project team where they incorporated uh, contractors and suppliers along with operators uh, from the initial phases of project delivery. And that allowed them to get to market in a much quicker time than if they did in a conventional way. Yeah. Yeah, so there's definitely lessons learned from other projects that we need to kind of... Yeah, and, 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 and I think um, going back to the point on collaboration, um, expecting a contract like that to be nimble, flexible, agile, yeah. um, and to then ask for that job to be done under a lump sum with the contractor taking the risk makes it difficult, makes it more difficult. It's not impossible, but it does make it more difficult. So um, I, think that, I think all of us together understanding what's risky for you what makes you happy, what makes us unhappy, what gives us risk, and then collaborating to work out how to optimally deliver it. Um, um, I did one project just recently in Europe, um, and we worked with the customer for six months prior to actually placing the contract okay. to get the, the right people selected that had the right behaviours that could work in a collaborative environment from both our, our team and from their team, yeah. um, and working out who did which role. So there was no hierarchical pecking order of people where it was the best person for the job. Um, but then them understanding that um, how they could help us to be successful and how we could help them to be successful. Yeah. It's a very deep process. Actually. It is, and it's not so something that comes easily, you know, to create that trust and that collaborative environment. What things do you feel need to be in place? How do we go about making that process easier? So as far as um, establishing open and uh, honest uh, communication, there are definitely tools that you can get in place uh, for real-time information transfer that uh, allow collaboration, they, they empower collaboration within the team. 
but apart from that, it's really understanding that uh, we've all got a shared objective. It's about building that trust, as Ken says, in the, in the beginning. And you do that by showing the client that you care about more than just the project phase you're executing. We have to look at their project life cycle. We have to help them meet their internal objectives as well as, uh, as their objectives past the phase of execution to make sure that they're going to deliver oil, gas, whatever it is, uh, on time. Yeah. And you talk about people and having those conversations prior to starting kind of projects. What do you think are the key elements of that, you know, in terms of creating that collaborative culture within a team? What elements do, do we need to have in place? So, so, so we worked consciously on team building, on psychometric testing. So um, we understood each other. We okay. shared our, uh, our goals and beliefs. We knew something about each other rather than just being um, a, a customer and a contractor. Yeah. We, we actually bonded as people. Um, and so therefore, when you had a, something that you needed to, um, um, that wasn't going well, you could share that openly um, and then together work on the problem. That creates a high-performing environment, a high, a, a, an environment of innovation um, where people are prepared to speak up and, and suggest something, doing something differently, doing something um, out of the box. So it, it, it's, yeah, it, it's a lot deeper than um, uh, writing it down in a, in a specification or a contract. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's spending some, some love with each other, actually. Yeah. And to add to that, at, at Ward, we, we try and take it a step further. Like we can only control so much of the relationship, right? We can't... We can't uh, exactly control how all stakeholders are going to act on a project. We can try and encourage behavior. Uh, but with the selection of our personnel, uh, as, Ken, as Ken also alluded to there, uh, in the recruitment process, we try and select uh, candidates where possible, where we're gra uh, gr local graduates and local, locally sourced uh, engineers. We try and get them on board. Uh, and the analysis would not just be limited to individual technical skill. Uh, we, we put together exercises to see how they uh, act as part of a team. Okay. And for us, the trust and teamwork is, is hypercritical towards successful delivery. You can have all the individual skill in the world, but if you're not going to uh, bed in and fit in as part of a team, then it's going to disrupt uh, everything else. So uh, we have to be very sensitive to that. Yeah. Okay. And how do you overcome those differences and you know maybe those individuals within your team that aren't adopting that collaborative culture and, you know, all, I guess, aiming for the, the same end game. How do, how do you deal with that? Um, leadership yeah. is, a big, is a big part of it. Yeah. Having a clear vision um, and, and, and declaring what that vision is and then living that vision, working together to make sure that, that um, the things, and then, and then pulling up bad behaviours, um, it, it, talking honestly to folks about that didn't work for us, we didn't achieve it. You, um, the analogy is like a Formula One team changing tyres on a racing car. Um, they're looking for, say, shaving a second off here or here. The same, same on a project, like these, these, these large projects and things for customers. We're looking to see how we can shave something off here and something off there. Um, uh, another, another example would be we're all in this decarbonisation together. It's, it's our planet. We're all living on the planet. Um, and... Um, it's not a commercial race to be the most successful commercially. It's about decarbonizing the planet. So intellectual property, who owns the intellectual property on how to do something a better way or a different way? You could argue that we all, as we all own that intellectual property. So some difficult conversations and collaboration 
to come up um, about how we share that intellectual property and, and um, if, if customer A has found the solution to a particular problem, yeah. can we share that with customer B? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so it's not about so much around just the collaboration within that project team, but how can we be more collaborative as an industry to actually, as to your point, Ken, we're all aiming, to, you know, for, you know, a better future, a sustainable future, yeah. you know, and if someone holds that yeah. key, then we need to uh, be sharing that. Yes. And, and, and right now where we go, the best numbers that we've got show us that we need engineering as a, as a, as a occupation needs to be about 20 times bigger than what it is currently by 2030, 20 times bigger. So if the poor old hardworking resourcing folks and recruiting and all these other be people, th there's not the feedstock out there to actually feed the machine. Um, there's not enough um, things happening with STEM. Um, uh, females are generally underrepresented in the workforce. So we've got to, we've got to harness that, that, that good, um, the good powers from all of those things to get there. But that might get us five times increase in the, in the resources we have available. But then we have to find some other way to fill up the 15 times gap. Yeah. Yeah, it's not an easy solution. No, no. And no. it's going it, to, that's, and it's going to, that, that's, you know, the theme of decarbonisation faster together is absolutely spot on. Yeah. So in the context of um, that decarbonising faster together, we've been finishing off our podcasts throughout the show asking the same question to all of our guests. So I want to ask both of you. Um, so the theme, as we said, of Adipet 2020 is decarbonizing faster together. What are we all, we're already working as an industry to decarbonize, but what is the one thing that you think that we can do better mm. to get there faster? I think to, um, as an industry, uh, we are working together within, within oil and gas, but uh, it's still a bit of a fragmented approach. And uh, I think that has something to do with corporate barriers. And we need to break those down and uh, push information share. But uh, we shouldn't limit it as well to oil and gas. We should be taking a holistic approach to this uh, and uh, viewing it uh, nationwide. So there should be government involvement, uh, civil society involvement, academia involvement. We should be bringing different views and expertise from across industries together to uh, decarbonize at the rate that that's required because frankly the task ahead of us is is a big one and it, uh, some people are doing well at the moment and others are lagging behind it needs to be a lot more consolidated than it is yeah, yeah. and ken oh, i think we need to um just love each other more we need to collaborate share um, um celebrate the successes uh and, and really get into it we're, we're, we're just splashing around at the moment we 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 have not made a significant inroad to decarbonising. Um, we have to make a huge impact by 2030. Um, we just need to get on with it. And, and to get on with it, we need to work together. Yeah. And we have the skills, you know, they're there. You know, we have the knowledge. I just think we need to come together, don't we? Yeah. And, and some very good people are being stretched very thin at the moment. So we need to work out how to get the maximum out of those great people. Yeah. True. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been some great insights, great discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.